it's brilliant to be welcomed onto the land together. Um, as Neil as Neil said, um, it it is quite quite emotional, you know, seeing everyone here. And um, when you carry something for so long, uh, it's wonderful to see it become something of a reality. Um, we do really believe that this weekend is a moment of destiny for people, for us uh, as churches and as individuals. And we hope and we pray and, and we do believe for the nation of Ireland that we love and that we live in. And uh, we want to thank you all for coming. We want to thank all of our team for helping us get to this point. And it's, it's very special, overwhelming, but uh, very, very exciting. I'm kind of conscious. I'm jumping straight in tonight. Um, and uh, my hope is to just frame uh, why we're here, how we've got here, and what we believe the Lord wants to do. Um, and I, as I've thought about this, I, I do want to be really um, humble with my language. I know that people uh, often want to uh, talk about their event as the event. <laughs> uh, we all want the thing that we do to be the place and the time where God really moves. We, we can often use language like this is going to be a life-changing event because we really want it to be. And so I'm, I'm conscious of all of that. But I do believe and do feel a conviction of the Spirit. And I really want us to hold this humbly and not to allow our language to get fleshly or puff us up. But I do believe that there is a genuine expectancy of the Holy Spirit here um, amongst us that has been brewing. Something that's far bigger for us as we gather here than we could ever have imagined. Something that the Lord wants to do that's beyond what we maybe actually thought He would do while we're here. And I guess I believe if it was to sum it up in a sentence, I really do believe this gathering is an orchestration of the spirit of the living God. I believe he has orchestrated this time together. I believe he has orchestrated you getting here. And I believe that he is orchestrating all that is going to come about through it. And what we have to do is what Neil has already encouraged us to do. We have to simply yield Yield to the orchestration and the ongoing impulse of God here amongst us throughout the weekend. Uh, it's something that we have the joy together of yielding to. It's great to hear the music, isn't it? Even in the background of our kids and our youth worshiping together on this field. And so since we've began talking about this event, we, we've always felt like... Um, the Spirit of God heavy upon us when we, when we talk about this. And every time we talk, tried to almost talk ourselves out of doing this, we felt the Spirit talked us back into it. And, um, and it is one of those ones like um, people are kind of coming onto the site and going, wow. And I, and I think that's partly because the people that know, well, obviously Neil lives here, so um, people know that this site has been used. So in some ways it's not a surprise, but for, for me and Andy, we have a thousand ideas to change the world, but you know what I mean, to actually get something over the line, you know? And, and so, so we had a thousand reasons kind of not to do this, but, but, but God just kind of kept providing, and we just feel like we've been caught up in a, in a movement of the Spirit. And as we press forward, we have become aware of like orbits of relationships, networks of friendships and partnerships, 
relationships that have been aligned in this kind of crazy supernatural way over the years, and they're now spinning out of, uh, with life in all sorts of directions. In the book of Ezekiel, there's this passage where it talks about, uh, in chapter 1, about wheels within wheels that catalyze and spin uh, all before the glory of God. And, and we feel, as I look across the room here, I see people that have been friends with for years, and I see relationships and networks of churches and streams of churches, but also partnerships that God is, God is honoring, and God has seen fit to give us the gift and to give us the joy of actually coming together to celebrate something much bigger than just what we do maybe on a Sunday where we find ourselves worshiping locally. And so that's the only way that I can really describe this festival, this time together. It's been, and we hope it continues to be, a yielding to the impulse of God for a land and for His church within the land, a longing of God that is beating in our chest and gets louder and louder and louder, driving us into the heart of God for our land, driving us into the heart of God for the nation of Ireland, drawing us into something that we actually can't control or can't even plan, but simply have to surrender to and yield to. And as I've sought to find ways to try and articulate this, or Bible verses or scriptures that could substantiate part of what I'm talking about tonight, I've realized that these kind of moments happen quite a lot in the scriptures. They happen quite a lot in the Bible. And particularly in the book of Acts, we call it the Acts of the Apostles. It would probably have been better to be named the Acts of the Spirit, the Acts of the Holy Spirit, because that's exactly what we're watching happening. We're, we're watching in the sovereign purposes of God as the Spirit is poured out upon humanity. We're watching the Spirit of God bring something to pass. And we're just watching apostles, and not just apostles, but every man, woman, child yield to the plans and the purposes of God. We see God honoring obedience. And you love that there's these moments in history, and there's these moments in the Bible where um, it's like the Bible sets us up with a little phrase like, in the fullness of time, or a little phrase like, and it came to pass. And the Bible's kind of setting up moments, and it came to pass, and. And I feel like this is one of these moments that God is setting us up for a moment where He wants to really meet with us. I, I kind of, I like to call it uh, a divine or a holy convergence. People converging, an alignment of friendships and partnerships that God brings together because He sees humble hearts that are yielded to Him, ready to surrender. And he lines us up with his sovereign purposes. And that's what we believe God has been doing. I know this is quite a bold start. And I hope I'm right. If I'm wrong, we'll still have a great time together. But I feel like I hope that the Holy Spirit is stirring your spirit with anticipation and expectation. Not to kind of manufacture a moment, but just to simply yield to whatever he wants to do, and to allow the furious longing that is in his heart for humanity, and to allow the desperate longing in his heart for this nation to grip us, to catch hold of us in new and fresh ways. And I, I, I just think God is, this is a divine setup. I really believe that. I believe it's uh, one of those moments where 
We might not have expected it, but God wants to ambush some of our plans with his presence, wants to pour himself out upon us in fresh ways. The scripture or the passage in the Bible I was thinking about in relation to all of this is in Acts chapter 10. And it's um, one of a number of times throughout the book of Acts where the Holy Spirit is poured out. We're going to remember on Sunday morning, we're going to remember uh, Pentecost because it's Pentecost Sunday, and we'll probably reference Acts chapter 2, which was the Pentecost, if you like. It's really, really important even to build a theology, if you want, around subsequent Pentecosts that have happened through the book of Acts and have obviously happened through history. And in Acts chapter 10, there's a, another Pentecost moment. Some people call it the Gentile Pentecost. And I just, um, I, I, want to paraphrase this, I want to paraphrase the start of the chapter, if that's okay, and then read a little bit at the end. So I just uh, don't take too much time reading the whole chapter, even though I'd love to do that. But the story goes like this, really. The backdrop is the church has been growing. The church has been moving and multiplying. For, uh, we read about that in the first nine chapters. It's spilled out of Jerusalem around about Acts chapter 6, around about Acts chapter 7. It's moved into Samaria, like Jesus said it would, and into Judea. And then there's this moment where there's, there's this unlikely candidate. He's a Roman centurion, and he's called Cornelius. None of the Jews would ever have thought God would have used him. But the thing about Cornelius was he was a faithful man. He prayed and he gave to the poor. He prayed and he prioritized the poor. And God seen it. <laughs> and God showed up to him one day in the form of an angel and speaks to him and says, your gifts, your prayers and your gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. And then he says to them, I want you to send two of your men to a place called Joppa and get a man called Peter. And I want you to bring him to your house. He's staying with a man called Simon the Tanner. And I want you to go to his house and get this guy called Peter. So Cornelius is over here. Not in this stage, but you know what I mean, right? He's over here and he's having this encounter with God. Angelic visitation. Well, at the same time, it tells us then, Peter is in this guy Simon the Tanner's house, has never met Cornelius, doesn't know anything about that that's going on over there. And meanwhile, he's gone up onto the rooftop, as you did in those days in those houses, because he's hungry and he wants a nap. And he has a nap, and as he's having a nap, a, a, a sheet comes down from heaven. He goes into like a, a Holy Spirit-inspired trance. And he has a vision, and in this vision, a sheet comes down from heaven, and as a sheet comes down from heaven, it contained all kinds of four-footed animals, and as well as reptiles and birds. And then a voice said to him in the vision, get up and eat. Actually, get up, Peter, kill and eat. And Peter's like, no, all of these animals represent the unclean animals that I would never eat. I've never eaten these before. I'm not going to start now, Lord, am I? <laughs> and the Lord says to him, um, the voice came to him and says, do not call anything impure that God has made clean. He says this happened three times. And then the trance, oh, sorry, the sheet was taken up from back to heaven. And well, it says then Peter was wondering what this was all about. And while he's wondering what it's all about, there's a knock going on downstairs. And downstairs, the two servants of Cornelius have come all the way to Peter and um, have asked, is there a man called Peter here because we've been shown this in a vision? And Peter says, yes, I'm the one you're looking for. 
And it says, Peter invited the men into his house to be his guests. That's pretty radical to start with, to be honest, because the Jews didn't really associate particularly with the Romans in their own houses. All of that's going on. Something's happening. Something's bubbling. Something new is about to happen. The next day, Peter started out with them, it says. So can you imagine, like, Cornelius has had this vision where he is, Peter has had his experience and encounter with the Lord, and then he starts to walk with two servants of a Roman centurion. His whole world's changing in this moment. And Peter starts to walk towards Cornelius' house. And he comes to Cornelius' house. Cornelius actually falls down before him to worship him. Peter says, no, I'm not the Lord. Get up. And, and, and he comes in, and Cornelius starts to tell him what had happened. And they basically, by the time Peter gets to the house, Cornelius has a gathering. He's gathered lots of people in this house. He's a Roman centurion, so he's probably got a big one. And he's gathered all these people in this house. And then he sort of, don't have mics in these days, so he didn't exactly hand the mic to Peter. But he said, okay, Peter, why are you here, more or less? And then it says this, verse 34 of Acts chapter 10. And Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism. Verse 35, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. And you know the message God sent to the people of Israel announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ who is Lord of all. You know what has happened throughout the province of Judea beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. And we are witnesses of everything he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a cross. But God raised him from the, third, on the, from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. He was not seen by all the people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen by us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed us as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify to him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Listen to these words. While Peter was still speaking these words, he didn't even get to the end of the sermon. This is, uh, this is kind of a preacher's dream. <laughs> well, Peter was still speaking these words. It's probably the people's dream as well because the preacher would have to stop. Yeah? But while well, Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on Gentiles. For they heard them speaking in tongues and praising the Lord. And then Peter said, surely no one can stand in the way of their being baptized with water. They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And then they asked Peter to stay with them for a few days. This is more than a Bible story. This is a moment of destiny. The world changed at this moment. History-defining moment when the Spirit of God was poured out upon this little house. I'm speaking reverently here, but it's almost like the Holy Spirit pounced on that room and did something profound in that gathering. 
that knit these people from different backgrounds together in one spirit. It's a moment of holy convergence. It's a moment of holy alignment. It's a moment orchestrated by the Spirit of God where people, two people, are having encounters of the Spirit of God. He's working over here in some people's life, and then he's working over here in some other people's lives. And then God goes, because I've seen faithful obedience here, and because I've seen faithful obedience here, and because I've seen humility of heart, and because I reckon that these are the kind of people that if I put them together and they yield to the sovereign purposes of God, then something is going to happen. And they get lined up in a holy alignment that they didn't realize. that They could never have imagined how big and how profound this moment was going to be. But because they kept yielding and because they kept saying yes, they found themselves in a moment where the Lord, to talk about the lightning rod, just lines up with the plans and the purposes of God and the Spirit is poured out upon them. God is working simultaneously in people's lives. And as I think about this gathering, that's what I think about. I look around the room and I see some of you I know, some of you I don't know. But I look at my own circle of friends and I, I look at people that we're partnering with in this and I think God has been doing stuff without me knowing in your life. And God has been doing stuff in my life without you knowing in my life. And, and somehow together, God has given us the gift of being together in a room and over, not just for a night, but for a weekend when we get to be part and yielded to all that he wants to do amongst us. The Spirit has been hovering, brooding, working, even when we didn't realize us to set us up for moments like this. Why would God do that? Maybe it's a simple question. God is doing it because God is for all flesh. God has a longing in his heart for our communities, for our cities, for our towns, for our villages, for this land. And God did it in Acts chapter 10 because God wanted to show that he is for all flesh. He wants to reveal that his love stretches over, reaches over all. But not everybody knows this yet. Not everyone in our land knows this yet. Not all the Gentiles back then, not, not all of them knew that yet. Cornelius had a hunch. But what about all the Corneliuses around Ireland tonight? Faithful men and women who are trying to figure this out. They might not even call themselves Christians, but from time to time in their beds, they offer up some kind of prayer to the Lord. And they, they, they give to the poor. And God has seen what they've offered up before him. And what, what about if, if God is bringing people together for these moments when he can release more of who he is upon the land and upon his church? And so what I really want to say in that is that I don't believe that tonight is another Christian event. I believe it's an orchestration of the Spirit to catalyze the advancement of the kingdom in our land. And it's up to us, really, if we want to yield to that or not. 
It's not another just, let's get together for a big kind of like Christian piece of fellowship, as great as that is. It's do we want to come together and bring all that God has been doing simultaneously in each of our lives and each of our churches without us all actually realizing what they might be. And we put it all together and the sum is definitely much greater than the parts as the Spirit pours himself out upon us. What else do we learn from this passage? We learn that faithful obedience, humble obedience, sets you up, sets you up to be thrust further into the story of God. <laughs> Cornelius, like, he, he, he wasn't winning any prizes, you know, for the Hall of Fame in the Bible, like, you know, in Acts chapter 1 or 2. But God just saw a faithful man, a faithful obedience sets you up. Peter was being obedient to the Spirit. I just really want to say, I feel like many of you might have been here and come here and the last two years might have been really, really difficult. Yeah, they've been difficult for a lot of people in lots of different ways. I just really believe that the Lord wants to honor faithful obedience one of the words that we've been carrying into this weekend, uh, Andy had shared, us with it, shared it with us sorry, uh, a couple of months ago, and we've carried it over the last number of weeks, is, you know, we've lived through, and we are living through a time in history where so much has been uncovered in the church. So, so, so much of us leaders, I suppose, in the church, we, we keep hearing stories of, more, more churches imploding, more leaders falling, churches being shut down, leaders just giving up, so much exposure of darkness, so, so much abuse, so much control, so much just stuff that we don't love to hear about the church, but it's being uncovered. And it feels like the Spirit of God is allowing an element of refining and exposure in his church, it feels like the Spirit is, is allowing that as painful as it is as God refines his people and calls us to repent. And there might be some more of that that still needs to happen. And we want to be open to that if God needs to do that in our own hearts first and foremost. But what if God is also bringing us to a moment where he just doesn't want to uncover all the stuff in our hearts and lives that is dark? But what if we get to come together at times like this, where God uncovers all those moments over the last couple of years of intimacy with Jesus, of times when you've been hanging on by your fingertips and you've been saying, Jesus, I'm just holding on. I, I'm scared. I'm anxious. I'm not really sure what's going on. I'm not really sure when my church has got da, da, da. What if God is, wants to uncover all those beautiful holy moments? And what if we all bring those together over this weekend? to celebrate and to bring in ourselves before God in the holy alignment that he wants to bring us into. Faithful obedience God wants to honor over this weekend, like in the life of Cornelius. The second thing, I've said this lots already, you only have to yield. In this story, the disciples, that's, that's what they had to do. They're driven on by the Spirit's impulse within them as they surrender to the Lord. And that's been the biggest joy of my life over the last two or three years. Even this 
initiative, whatever we call it, of new within itself, it's purely, like, honestly, we're not smart enough or we don't even really have enough time, to be honest, you know, to, 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 but we just felt like we had the yield. It was just heavy on us. It was heavy on us. And then when we found out that we felt the Lord was saying, Newcastle is the place to do this, then, then every time we came to Newcastle, it just got heavier and heavier. The weight of God, because you're just yielding to something that the Spirit wants to do. But here's the thing, as this story shows us, it's not always easy to yield. Cornelius, a centurion, a man of power and authority, had to bury his pride and go to Peter. Peter is looking at meat that he's never eaten before. And he has to eat, he's being told to eat it. You have to yield, and sometimes it will cost you reputation. And sometimes it will cost you friendship. And sometimes it will cost you leaving some people behind, leaving some tradition behind, leaving some old mindsets behind. Sometimes it costs to yield to the Spirit of God if you want to embrace and encounter the new thing. We believe that we're being called as a people to joyfully, to joyfully yield to what the Spirit wants to do amongst us as people from different churches, different backgrounds as we can, to be thrust into the center of the plans and the purposes of a God who is working out His will despite what it's telling you on the news. And the third thing that we learn is a radical reordering is about to take place, is taking place. A radical reordering. I hope, I hope you realize, but this is a totally different world that we are entering into. Totally different. A radical reordering. And you need to have a good dose of wisdom of the spirit, not the wisdom of the age, by the way. There's enough kind of smarty pants out there. Did I just say smarty pants there? There's enough, there's enough kind of like smart people out there that like, you know, want to tell you how the world's going to be and be and stick Bible verses on it to try and prove it. What, what we need is not some kind of arrogant, kind of, we are the dispensers of the truth and we're going to tell everybody else how it's going to go. What we need is humble stewardship of the wisdom of God because a radical reordering is taking place and we're going to have to wade through some stuff that has a veneer of Christianese on it, that has a veneer of religion on it, but it's counterfeit. And God is calling us to be people who yield to the gentle, beautiful, truth-filled work of the Spirit. When that sheet came down from heaven in Peter's trance, a revolution was taking place. It was a revolution of love. It was a revolution of the love of God for all mankind, all humankind, man and woman and boys and girls and Jews and Gentiles and Protestants and Catholics and black and white. God was pouring out on his people who God is, the longing of the Father, and a radical reordering was taking place. It was so radical that Peter was saying, God, 
is speaking against God. Work that out. That's what he has to that's what he has to contend with in that moment. God, I feel like you're telling me something to do that once you told me not to do. Only the leading and the yielding of the Spirit can help you discern the will of God in those situations. And so you need a healthy dose of wisdom. You need to be committed to people that love you. You need to be connected to a local church that love you. And you need to like discern that wisdom of God together in this age in which we're living. Because Peter's head must have been wrecked <laughs> in that moment. And so um, these are crazy days for us to live through economically, politically, socially, ethically. Our world is changing radically. And we're going to need to be desperate for the Spirit to guide us. There's a reordering for some of us theologically. We're being called to deconstruct some stuff and reconstruct some stuff with the help of the Spirit. We're being reordered relationally. Think of Peter walking towards Cornelius's house with two people he would never have worked, walked with before, and two servants, by the way, as well. There's a whole shift that's going on with power at that particular moment. There's a cultural reordering that's happening in that moment because Peter is going to sit at the table, and Cornelius, who was this guy's these servants, master and centurion, he's going to sit at the same table and they're going to have fellowship together around the broken body of Jesus in the bread and in the cup and a reordering is happening and a reordering is happening in our world right now. God has heard the cries of the poor. He always does, he always has and he still is and they go up before him and they touch his heart and he looks for those Humble hearts who, who can partner with them in order to truly reflect his heart and his ways. I, I just felt the Spirit whisper to me. This might be not for everyone, but I just feel like the Holy Spirit whispered to me as I prepared for this to say to some of you, you need to take some risks relationally. You need to take some risks relationally. And they're not in a, in a silly way. Like, you know, obviously discern that together with wise people around you. And what I, what I mean by that is, I feel some of us are, are quite entrenched in our own kind of tr tribe or, or, or we just want to do things with our friends, which is fine. But we're never actually opening to partnering with where the Spirit is moving, even when it's with the people that are slightly different to us, a little bit quirky, or we're afraid we wouldn't get on with because if we started to partner with them, then that might look a bit strange or might feel a bit strange. You just got to get over yourself. If the Spirit is moving there or working there, we got to get over that stuff to say, yes, Jesus, my friend Jill Weber, she says this. She says, Jesus, the answer is yes. Now, what's the question? Jesus, the answer is yes. Now, what's the question? And I, th I think the Lord is bringing us into some questions around relationships because he wants to draw us deeper into this. Imagine Peter thinking, who are these guys, God, that you're like, call me. I'm about to step over the threshold into a house that I have never been in before. Imagine that moment as he steps into Cornelius' house. Not only has God told him to eat meat that he never ate before, but now he's actually stepping into the house of Cornelius. And he steps in. And he proclaims Jesus. I mean, like, it was a good sermon, like, you know. But he just, just preached the gospel. Like, it wasn't just Jesus. We saw him. We lived amongst him. He lived, 
He died. He was buried. Three days after that, he rose from the dead. And while he was still speaking, the Holy Spirit fell. And the world's never been the same. And God's heart for humankind and how it stretches beyond just the borders and the boundaries that we make for it. It's been revealed. <laughs> it's been revealed. Something is happening. A radical reordering is happening. Power structures are being reordered. It's going to be messy. We're going to have to share tables with Roman centurions, whoever they are to us. Imagine somebody who represents the empire and God uses them because they were willing to submit their hearts. When the spirit falls, the table is expanded. Everyone's welcomed in. And there's grace for all our differences. And there's grace for all our distinctions. The old world passed away in that moment. A new world was coming. I don't want to be over-sensational tonight. I don't want to dramatize this. But I do want to say, the old world, the old world is passing away. All things are becoming new. And things are becoming new now. All things are being passed away. Peter is doing things he's never done before because he's yielded to the Spirit. Peter is doing new things because, here's it maybe in a nutshell, Peter in this moment is caught up in the Spirit's desire for all flesh. Every single one of them. At that moment, Peter is caught up in the Spirit's desire for all flesh. And he's yielded to it. And because he's yielded to it, He's partnered up with somebody he never thought he'd be partnered up with, but just because they're yielded to it too, then they get to have a moment where a convergence and alignment from heaven happens in a place that catalyzes the advancement of the kingdom throughout the world. And like, that's the longing of our hearts for now. We want to create space for the yielding of our lives to the Spirit of God, for the catalyzing of the kingdom and the advancement of the kingdom to reach the lost and the broken, to show this nation of Ireland that the Spirit of God, that the Father, the Father through the Spirit wants them all, every single one, every single one. He wants them all. He wants them all. All the ones that as yet don't know. You see, God has already showed us the prophecy came true. That's what we're going to remember on Sunday. But not everybody knows it yet. They don't all yet know that the Father is for them, that He loves them and He longs them, longs them and He wants them in the family. They don't all yet know. And so the church needs mobilized to tell them. And so as I finish off, I'm going to ask the band to come. And we're going to uh, take 10 or 15 minutes just to respond here before we allow you to go and lift kids and stuff because we want to honor the time. 
But just as the, as, as the guys get ready, let's just stay in this moment. Um, I really believe right throughout this weekend, not just from the front, but in your conversations around fire pits, outside your tents, going for a walk around the field together, I really believe that the Spirit is going to speak and dance all over our conversations. Words of, words of knowledge, words of wisdom, spirit of prophecy would break out in the camp, right? Because that's what God has always wanted. And, and I believe in that assignments and edicts from heaven are going to be released. I believe some of you are here to release, to, to hear a fresh assignment from heaven. Not just good ideas, not just good intentions, fresh assignments from heaven, I believe the Lord wants to release. But before there's a, a new assignment, there's often a new alignment that needs to happen. And in that new alignment, you receive a fresh level of anointing for that new assignment that's coming. And so as we believe God for fresh assignments to be released over this field, Again, not to hype this up, but we've had a number of prophecies about the angelic as well and the thin place that we believe this field is over this weekend. We believe the Lord wants to release stuff over these two days. But just in these moments as we prepare for that, I believe before the new assignments, there is a new alignment. And so I'm going to ask you, would you all stand? Just um, If we just stand quietly for a moment. Basically, from the get-go, we, we want to invite people to respond. I, I know that as maybe some of our churches are still getting slightly used to response again per our ministry um, after the pandemic, but we, we, um, we hear that, but we just feel like the Lord wants to break, break in tonight. And so just as the, as the guys begin to play and lead us in a song in a moment, I just love to encourage you if you feel like, God, I, I feel like I'm here for that moment of realignment. I feel I'm here to yield to what you're doing. I'm going to ask you, if you don't mind, just to leave your chair and come and stand at the front just as a kind of physical kind of sign of, God, I want to move and step in to whatever it is that you want to do in me this weekend. And you feel quite strongly that the Spirit is speaking to you as we've shared tonight. Just as the band plays softly, I want to pray for you. I'm just going to leave it for uh, for a couple of moments. If you feel the Lord speaking to you, just come forward. There's plenty of space here at the front, and we'd love to pray for you. So, Lord, I just invite you to keep moving here amongst us, Holy Spirit. Thank you for, Lord, for gathering us. Thank you that you're in the gatherings, not for the sake of the gathering but for all that it can catalyze. And so, Lord, we just want to yield tonight. We just want to yield. Move, Holy Spirit. Move, come. leave it a bit longer if you want to come feel free there's plenty of space at the front we have a prayer ministry team and they might just come and lay a hand on a shoulder and begin just to welcome the Holy Spirit over your life 
Just if you're at the front, I'm going to pray in a moment over you, but let's just worship for a moment in this space of response. The, the team will, the band will lead us in a song just gently. Let's just make some room for Jesus to move. <laughs> 